I was turning 35 and my grandma told me that I had my whole life ahead of me and I panicked thinking, oh, this is my life. I don't want to do this the rest of my life. So I decided to pause. I'm like, I want to do something that's more, more joyful and mm-hmm. uh, more connected to my values and my purpose in life. You are listening to episode six, season three of the Latina Mom Legacy podcast. Imagine listening to your abuela's words and having the courage to quit your day job. How do you turn a love for Puerto Rican culture and raising a bicultural daughter into a subscription box that helps families? In this episode, Latina Mom of One, Salchichas con Arroz fan and Rooted Box founder Marimer Maldonado Hilker shares her inspiring Go After What Brings You Joy story. Join us as we talk about what inspired her to quit her day job and pursue a more fulfilling career connected to her Puerto Rican roots. Plus, we'll talk about her struggles raising a bilingual daughter, her favorite Puerto Rican traditions, and yes, food. Así que no te lo pierdas. You're listening to the Latina Mom Legacy Podcast, where we empower moms raising bilingual kids, talk about growing up Hispanic and tradiciones, and celebrate motherhood. It's time to keep it real, learn tips and tricks from other moms like you, and start creating a legacy your abuela would be proud of. If you're a Latina mom or have a multicultural family like mine, then you're in the right place. I am your host, proud immigrant daughter, rock star wife, and mom to now six-year-old Victoria Grace, Soy yo. mi legacy founder and cafecito lover, Jani Perez. Hola, hola. How are you? I hope that you're doing well. I hope that life is treating you kind. Welcome to the Latina Mom Legacy Podcast. I am your host, Jani Perez, a little stuffy over here. I am coming to you from Hialeah, Florida, the most Hispanic city in the United States. It looks like I'm allergic to Florida. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Actually, I do know what happened, but I'll tell you about that in a minute. First things first, if you want to connect with me, you can connect with me on the gram at milegacy, M-I-L-E-G-A-S-I, or at the Latina Mom Legacy. If you're listening to the show and you want to leave some comments, there's a post that I do that goes along with this episode, so you can leave any comments there. I always look at my comments, so I'll get back to you. And if you're interested on being a guest on the show, you can email me at Jani, J-A-N-N-Y, at thelatinamomlegacy.com. So that's that. So I am really stuffy, and I am down in Miami here with my mom. So my mom came down, and uh, I'm helping her navigate her next chapter after my dad died. If this is the first time listening to the show, thank you so much for listening in whatever part of the world that you are in. Mil gracias. So let me just kind of bring you up to speed. My father passed away in December uh, from COVID and it's been quite the transition and the transitional year. We've been kind of all chipping in to help my mom kind of rediscover her next chapter after her dad. So I am here in Florida helping her finish what we started uh, when I was here a few months ago. So we still have a few things left to do. We're now going through the pictures and the CDs and DVDs and like all the entertainments stuff we already did all the paperwork and all the clothes we had already done that months ago but anyway we're we're kind of seeing light at the end of the tunnel which is really nice so I think I ended up getting sick from all the dust and uh, today I don't know if I have a cold I don't know if it's lingering from the cold that I had on the last episode that was like more of a sinus infection so I don't know if it's just a continuation of that or allergies I have no idea but anyway I sound a little stuffy because I am a little congested and uh, so apologize I no I'm not gonna apologize for that I'm a little congested deal with it. 
It's been a trip, though. We, we've come across a number of, of stuff, and uh, it's been hard. I'm not going to lie. It's been so hard being here, and I didn't realize that that it was still going to be this difficult because I had been here. I'd spent almost three months here, and I don't know. I, th- I thought I was in a better place. I thought that I was just a little bit emotionally, like, not moving on. I, I, I don't think you ever move on, but just I thought that I was like a little bit more emotionally stable. And then when I came back, it just like a lot of the emotions just kind of came flooding back. And it made me realize that I have a lot, I still have a lot to work on. And uh, and I think a lot of it too has to do with the fact that we've yet to lay my dad to rest. And we are organizing uh, a mass here for our loved ones because, because of the whole COVID situation and traveling and all, all this stuff and being vaccinated, not being vaccinated and stuff. We weren't able to do a proper funeral for my dad or service and now we have it planned so I, I think like for me everything is kind of coming to to a closure so it starts with that and then after that in August we'll be traveling to to Colombia and laying him to rest so I think it's good but I think it's also I don't know I think like I'm mentally preparing myself to to kind of let go I don't know if that's we still have his ashes, so it's like, it's like the equivalent of laying a body to rest in, in the grave, that they're kind of detached from you permanently. I, don't, I mean, physically, they're detached from you permanently. I know not spiritually, but but anyway, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot to, to kind of deal with and, and navigate. So so yeah, so so anyway, one day at a time, that's, that's all you can do. That's all you can do. If you are curious as to what happened, you can listen to episode 301 and 302. It talks about how, how Latinos can prepare for death. I share with you my experience. And, and the 302 is with uh, Nezreen Ahmed. She's a grief coach and we do a one-on-one grief uh, coaching session on that episode so they're not happy episodes I'm not gonna lie but I feel like it's important to share my story because if you experience loss of any kind I think that sometimes it's helpful to listen to what other people experience and go through and uh, and they're they're just very real because you know, I try to keep it real with you. So, so that's that. In today's episode, I talk with Marimer Maldonado Hilker. She is the woman behind Rooted Box. She has an inspirational story about having the courage to quit her day job in pursuit of her happiness. If you've ever thought about quitting your day job, this one is one to listen to. And let me tell you, you're going to learn a thing or two about Puerto Rican culture because uh, <laughs> we had we had a lot of fun. So um, that's about it. Espero que te guste. Y nada, hit me up in the comments and um, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay, ciao, ciao. I am so excited to have on today's show Marimer Maldonado Hilker. She is the founder and creator of Rooted Box. Marimer, thank you so much for being on today's show. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be with you and, and to share my story with your audience. I am excited to have you on because I don't know if you know that when I started Mi Legacy and this whole journey, I started with a box. And the yeah. whole concept started with a box. And um, if you don't know what happened, things didn't turn out so well for me but the journey still continues and I love seeing how other people and other companies have created their own uh, subscription boxes that empower kids to speak Espanol and to continue the language journey but before we get to the box let's get to know you a little bit better Marimer tell us a little bit about yourself Great. So I am from Puerto Rico. I currently live in Illinois. I've been in the United States for 12 years. I now live with um, here in Illinois with my husband and my daughter, Victoria. 
uh, who is five and a half. So very similar to your daughter's age and same uh, name. Same name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great <choice>. name. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm mom raising bicultural, biracial, and bilingual here. Where in Illinois are you? I'm like 30 minutes north of Chicago. Oh, very nice. I lived four years in Chicago. So. Oh, where? I lived in Ravenswood. Well, the first place that I lived was actually Naperville, which was far out. Yes, it was yes. just it was just too far out. So then I moved uh, closer to the city and I lived in Ravenswood and I loved it. It's a great city. Like everybody's just so friendly and uh, I loved it. I really did. If it wasn't because it was so cold, I would still be living there for sure. That's so interesting, Jenny. I lived in Connecticut for five years. So I know you're in New York and I really loved Connecticut and the East Coast. Um and I miss that a lot. Uh, but yeah, but Chicago is a great city. As you said, like people are so friendly and um, yeah, it's different, but excited to be here now. It's been two years since I moved to Illinois. Tell us a little bit about your family. So you have a husband and you have a daughter, just one daughter? Just one daughter. And your husband, is he Latino or no? He's not. No, Latino. he's not. No, I met him. I moved to the States um, in 2009 to go to business school and I met him there. And we started dating. And I'm sure that you've heard this story multiple times. I <laughs> stayed for a little bit and then I met my husband. So, yeah, he's American, but he's definitely very open to culture. If not, we couldn't be together, right? I think it would have been a problem. So he has a very Latino heart by now. I, I can see how, how he fell for you. Uh, let me give you a visual. She's very pretty. She has uh, oh, these you. gorgeous uh, earrings on. She has long hair. So, of course, he saw you. He was like the hot Latina. <laughs> Does he speak Spanish, though, or no? Un poquito. He really tried. I have to give him credit. He took classes. He did online videos. And, I, you know, language, is it's hard on him, but he tries. And uh, he understands a bit. And, and it's funny, sometimes I hear him talking to Victoria in Spanish. When I'm not even in the room, I could hear them trying to speak Spanish, which is the cutest thing. That's great that he's supportive and that he encourages. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So tell us, how are you trying to raise Victoria to be bilingual? So I had a plan and the plan didn't go well. And now I am restarting a plan that works for our family so so tell us what was that initial plan that you say didn't work out so well yeah so I thought that you know I speak Spanish I'm gonna speak Spanish to her just just me all the time and that went well when she was home with me I was watching Univision all day long. I, she was watching soap operas with me when she was three months old. And then I went back to work and back to, you know, social life. And I barely speak Spanish at work or with friends. So it started getting hard for me to keep it top of mind. So it became harder for me to talk to her in Spanish. And then we got to a point that, you know, she's one year old, two years old, and I'm like frustrated and challenged as a mom. Like, do you understand me in any language? Like, I <laughs> to understand me. So then I got very worried that we were not, that I wasn't really communicating with her and she wasn't understanding any language. Yeah. Um, and I just stopped. Um, and then when I decided to try again, when she was definitely more vocal in English, and I thought, okay, this is a good time for us to um, bring Spanish to our family, 
she was just not interested. Now she was rejecting every time that I wanted to say something in Spanish. Because by then, she knew I was speaking English. So she, mm -hmm. there was no reason for her to talk to me in Spanish. And how old was she at this point? I would say three or four. Mm -hmm. So no interest. You know, she knew how to say things in English. There was no need for her. There was no community for her to encourage um, Spanish speaking. We don't have family in the States. So over the phone, my mom would also speak English to her because she mm -hmm. was worried. She didn't want to have another barrier in their relationship. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And there was just no need for her to learn to learn the language. And it wasn't until I started talking about Puerto Rico and practicing Spanish in the context of Puerto Rico that she then found a reason to be more interested in learning Spanish. Mm -hmm. So I think that bringing it in the context of the country and the culture has been a good way for us to get her interest. And now we're doing online classes. Now we're doing music classes in Spanish, and that's been better. So uh, we're not we're, we're starting our journey or restarting mm -hmm. our journey, and it's getting better. She's definitely mm -hmm. not bilingual yet, but I'm happier to see that there is there's hope now. Absolutely. And as I've interviewed many different moms and and as every home situation is different, mm. you really have to find what works for you and what works for your family. And also that every child's learning style is different. Yeah. And what what may motivate and encourage one child, I mean, one child may be able to sit in virtual online classes, no problem. Another child may be like, what is this? No, I just don't want to speak Spanish. I think that is my ongoing struggle with Victoria, and I, I mentioned this in the previous episode, is that my goal now is to find ways to make Spanish fun because yeah. she tends to get bored easily. The The fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. Is that the yeah, saying? Yeah. I don't know. Because <laughs> I'm the same way. And she's very similar. She She's a quick learner, but she has to be doing different things in order to keep her excited. So unfortunately, when you're a parent that is trying to help them along this journey, sometimes the resources are not always there. So yeah. you're finding yourself scrambling and looking and looking, constantly looking for things to engage them, something that's new and fresh. But it's great that at least right now she's finding culture and she's finding the classes and music encouraging that can help her continue with, with her journey. Yeah, it's definitely a trial and error. And we've done different online classes, like trial classes. And mm -hmm. what I realized that is that she prefers one-on-one -on -one in a way that it really looks like a class. Like she really likes school. So mm -hmm. if it's someone that talks to her like a teacher and today this is the class mm -hmm. versus more of the gimmicky things of, you know, with puppets or these and that or in a group setting that she doesn't like. Mm -hmm. um, she likes when it's like a school. So that's what we do. That's very interesting because Victoria, my Victoria is the complete opposite. When it's the teacher that's engaged in, in front, that she's front and center, she's like tuned out after five minutes. But if she sees the kids, if it's a social environment, if it's hands-on, then she's all all in it. She, she'll be 100% focused. But it's very interesting. Like, I think that you really have to understand your child's learning yeah. style and what they naturally gravitate towards. Ask yourself, is my child 
you know, more uh, visual? Are they more hands-on? Do they like to listen more? And try to find ways within their learning style that you can use to help encourage their Spanish learning. Yeah, totally. And that can be frustrating for the parents because you try something and you don't see it working and you think that, you know, it's, it's going to be impossible to get her to learn. Um, but it's not that. It's like you said, it's understanding the style and keep trying and keep trying. And, and it's definitely trial and error, but don't get discouraged. That's what I keep telling myself. We'll keep trying. How do you celebrate little victories or what are some little victories that you have seen in your daughter? Que te está hablando español and you're like, yeah, she's learning something. <laughs> it's always exciting when it comes from her, right? Like I can talk to her or say something in Spanish and she may react to it. And that's nice. But when we are out of nowhere talking about whatever and she's like, yeah, mommy, that tortuga. <laughs> you said tortuga? <laughs> you remember the word tortuga? Yes. Or seeing her singing something Spanish that probably nobody would really understand what she's singing because she's still not there yet, right? Mm -hmm. But knowing that she's fearless, like trying to say it and not being so worried about not knowing the words, it's very exciting to me because it's showing that um, she's stopping to be, you know, not being afraid anymore to to try it and, and, and learn and use what she knows, um, which was an issue before. So I think that when it comes out of nowhere... I get super excited. Mm -hmm. um, and when she does it in a way that, you know, even if I don't really understand what she's saying, she's just going for it and enjoying it. I think that's great. Has she been to Puerto Rico? Yes, yes, multiple times. I was very excited when we went recently. We went at the end of May, so not that long ago. And again, she was starting to pick up on, on those words and she was playing with friends. And, you know, when you're a kid, language doesn't matter. You figure out a way to play. But she came back saying, Mom, I really need to learn Spanish because I want to talk to these kids. So it gave her another reason to to learn. She says mm -hmm. that she wants to move to Puerto Rico. So it's wonderful. Well, <laughs> we are going to have to learn Spanish if we're going to move. So I think it's just a good way of her seeing the language and seeing by her, like seeing the benefit because here she doesn't see the full benefit. I keep right. reminding her why it's important and, you know, try to make her excited about it. But once she's there and she sees everybody speaking Spanish, she's like, gosh, I don't want to miss out. I want to be part of these. Right. Of these two. So. Always good. What are some books, toys, app, TV shows that, that you're using in your home yeah. that, that are working? Yeah, so we don't do shows because going back to what I mentioned before with her, once she knows that she can watch it in English, then there is no interest. Um, so TV is not working for us. In terms of books, we have a variety of basic books with very few words. Or we do, we try to do bilingual so I can be reading in Spanish and English at the same time because now mm -hmm. she's old enough to understand and be interested in the story. So mm -hmm. if it's all in Spanish and she doesn't really understand the story, she gets frustrated. So I go back and forth. We always try to do books that are stories from Puerto Rico, again, because I've seen her interest in connecting culture with language. Mm -hmm. So we buy a lot of kids books from Puerto Rico that seem to be uh, good for her. We have an app the Safari Explorer app. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you've seen that one, but that's been a good one. Very basic Spanish practice 
it's a monkey and has a family and he goes on explorations. So then they practice vocabulary that way. It's been good reinforcement in addition to the online classes that we were doing. Marimer, thank you so much for sharing with us. I wanted to take a minute and invite you to our very first live virtual workshop. If you are a parent wanting to raise a bilingual child que habla español and you're not sure where you're going wrong if your child doesn't want to speak Spanish or if you're sad that they're not communicating with their abuelos, then this workshop is for you. I have partnered with my daughter's Spanish teacher, Ms. Ana Gallego-Shaborski, and over the course of 60 to 90 minutes, we're going to empower you with key strategies to help you stay on track with your bilingual journey, regardless of where you are at. It's an immersive, hands-on workshop. We're going to do it via Zoom. It's happening August 5th. We're going to help you identify your struggles regarding raising a bilingual child. We're going to help you identify your struggles as a mom. And we're going to teach you how to turn those struggles into strengths with actionable steps that are going to help empower you. And you're going to have the opportunity to ask us questions. It is a live event. I'm happy to meet you. I'm excited to see you. I'm excited to take your questions. More than anything, this is a live workshop to empower you. It's $27, but because you are a lifer, you can use the discount code POD25 and get a 25% discount off the course. The whole reason why we didn't do a free workshop is because when you pay, it holds you accountable. You're more invested when you pay. Even if it's a small amount, you're more invested. And when you're invested in something, when you're held accountable, you're going to be more successful. For the very first group, we're going to go ahead and give you two extra bonuses that will be definitely worth your time. Te invito. You can visit the latinamomlegacy.com and click on courses, or you can visit milegacy, M-I-L-E-G-A-S-I dot com and click on courses you'll see the course there or you can always hit me up in the dm on ig and i'll be more than happy to to assist you así que no te lo pierdas we are back and i am excited to be talking about rooted box marimer what is rooted box rooted is a subscription box for kids it provides educational content and activities so kids can learn about puerto rico in a fun way now why did you decide to create rooted box Yeah, so back in March, at the beginning of of the pandemic, actually, I decided to stop my career in marketing. I worked in marketing for 10 years um, here in the States, and I decided to pause, rethink what I wanted to do. I was turning 35, and my grandma told me that I had my whole life ahead of me, and I panicked thinking, oh, this is my life. I don't want to do this the rest of my life. So I decided to pause. I'm like, I want to do something that's more more joyful and Mm -hmm. uh, more connected to my values and my purpose in life. And I'm home with my daughter because at this point, pandemic started, um, which was not something that I was expecting right when I left my job. So now I'm with Victoria home all day, really running out of ideas of what to do to entertain her. And one day I decided to do a Puerto Rico flag with rice. I don't know if you've done these um, as a kid, but we always did this craft of, you know, doing the, the, the flag with rice and then painting on top mm-hmm. of it. Um, so I did that with Victoria and then we did a map and we colored um, the cities where I lived, where our family lives, and we, we talked about it. We watched a YouTube video about the flag and by the end of the day, she was starting to talk about Puerto Rico as her country. Oh. And that was such a pivoting time for a uh, point for us because, you know, she was connected to Puerto Rico. She always would be excited about Puerto Rico, but it was always seen as my mom's country. My mm-hmm. mom's Puerto Rico. My family is in Puerto Rico. But it was never in, in, you know, she wouldn't speak about it as, you know, I'm from Puerto, from Puerto Rico too. I'm Puerto mm-hmm. Rican. So seeing her so excited about being Puerto Rican made me think, well, this is 
this is different. And I wonder how many parents are struggling with the same feeling, mm-hmm. um, raising their kids, trying to keep them connected to to our roots. And I realized that it was a combination of education because she learned about the flag. She watched a video about mm-hmm. the flag, talked about the, the cities. And then she was doing things by herself, right? She was she made this flag. It's not that we had flags around the house and decoration or whatnot. She made it. Mm-hmm. So I think that the fact that she was making things, she was learning at the same time, made this powerful click in her brain that made me think other parents might need the same. And then I decided to start. At what point did you just say, I'm just going to do it? Because I think many of us, as moms especially, we kind of put aside our dreams and, you know, those things that we want to pursue or go after. And there's always that hesitation. Yeah. So there there are multiple things that I, I think slowly made me say no more. I need to rethink what I'm doing. One thing was the night that my daughter drew a picture of me working in the room next to her on a dark room and she said mommy this is you every time I go to bed you go to the next room to do more work so it Mm. hit me to think that you know I work very hard and long hours thinking I'm doing this for her Mm -hmm. to provide to her and what she was seeing from that was a dark sad room where mommy So that's that's how I perceived it. And it hit me like, I think I'm doing something for her that it's not really what she wants and what she needs. Mm-hmm. Um, she needs a mommy not in a dark room, mm-hmm. literally. <laughs> so that was one thing. And I think the other thing, you know, it's very hard when you have kids at an older um, age, right? Like I had 10 years in my career and then I'm trying to fit my daughter in a life that I was already in progress. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I wanted to stop my career. I really mm-hmm. like work. I, I am very passionate about my career, but it was just not, it was just working. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to pick one or the other one. I just wanted to start over in a way that was putting everything in one place and, and make everything work together. So when I left my job, I as I said, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And, and the idea came after. I knew I wanted to start my own business and mm-hmm. have um, something on my own. It was just amazing that it turned out to be something that is so connected to being a mom, mm-hmm. being Hispanic, and still, you know, in, in business and marketing, which is something that I love. So I just trusted that whatever I was going to do, it had to be better work from, you know, versus where I was. Now, in this process, how did your husband feel? So... Because <laughs> my am, husband thought I was crazy. <laughs> I'm very blessed that he's just so supportive and everything I, I've done in my career and, and my decisions. I also come from a family um, that has their own business. And I think that every time we went back to Puerto Rico and he would see, right, we've been together for 10 years. So he he saw the business from the day blood. one mm-hmm. when, you know, they were just starting to where they are today, which was such an inspiration for me. And I think that he always saw my eyes just like sparkling every time I was seeing my family uh, progressing. So he knew that there was something inside of me that was just lighting up when I was thinking about my own business. So when I decided to like leave my job, it's not like I quit the day after. <laughs> I started working with a career coach um, to guide me through the process of okay, what I'm going to do next. And one day at the end of my coaching program, I had to decide, like, are you going to go back to find a job? Let's decide, you know, what type of job or are you going to do your own business? And I remember just looking at myself in the mirror. I'm on the phone with my career coach and I'm like, 
I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna start my business. And he got home that night. I'm like, honey, I just decided that I'm gonna start my own business. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> this is what we do. <laughs> and he said, go for it. And, he, and he's still the most supportive person I, I can think of. So I'm very blessed that I have a very supportive husband throughout this whole process. And it's not an easy process. And if you listen to her, she mentioned that um, she had a career coach. Yeah. And it's so important that whether you're thinking about being an entrepreneur, where you're thinking, whether you're thinking about starting a side business or whether you're thinking about changing careers or doing something that that really is a pivoting point in your life, that you consult somebody that knows more than you, that has been there, done that so that you don't chase your tail and go around in circles and circles because there's a reason why these people exist and they're there to help guide you along the way. Cause I can tell you that this is not being an entrepreneur is for thick skinned people. Cause there are a lot of disappointments and there are a lot of uh, long nights being surrounded by people that empower you, that support you, that uplift you are going to help you push your dream and are going to help you be successful in life. A hundred percent. And it's just so good to have and so important to have to start this journey of, you know, being an entrepreneur with a very clear mind and, and a, a very clear why, because it goes beyond just having a business, right? Like you're starting something that you're passionate about, that you care mm -hmm. about, and there's a clear reason why. So having that uh, coach helping me dig deep and understand why this is so important to me, mm -hmm. it's being a great resource to keep me going when things feel hard. Okay, so you started Rooted Box and it is a monthly subscription box. Yes. And what is a subscription box for our listeners that do not know what a subscription box is? So when you subscribe, you start getting these box uh, monthly. Each box has a different theme, and we try to make it very relevant to the season and what's happening um, back in Puerto Rico. So you have uh, resources monthly and in a continuous way to make uh, culture and learning more sustainable and more long-term versus just a one-time. Oh, I love that. Now, Rooted Box, is it just focused on Puerto Rico? As of today, yes. What are some of the benefits that the parents can expect from this monthly box? Having a resource that is going to allow you to constantly bring Puerto Rico into your life. So it's not only these one-time holiday celebration once a year. It's mm -hmm. a way of constantly bringing culture and your roots to, to your house in a fun way. There's also all the content is in both Spanish and English. So mm -hmm. you can encourage Spanish development. Going back to my personal experience of Victoria being more interested in learning Spanish or practicing Spanish when mm -hmm. it's in the culture, um, we're seeing a lot of families excited to to practice Spanish that way. And I think that, you know, again, like education is just such a powerful way of bringing that connection and sense of pride for, for kids. And I we truly believe that Knowing your past really doesn't define you, but has mm -hmm. a lot to do with who you are. And we we want to see a generation of Puerto Ricans growing up in the States that are still connected and true to, to their roots. What is included in the box? Yeah. 
So every month, um, the box comes with a few things and activities. So you get a flora and fauna card. So every month we have a different flora fauna um, that matches what's happening, like what's the season in Puerto Rico. So this month, for example, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the mucaro, the owl, Puerto Rican owl, and plantains. Mm-hmm. So with that, we talk about fun facts about flora fauna, and then um, we try to have a recipe that matches the, the fruit or vegetable included. So this month we're going to do uh, planting chips, platanutres. So there's always a recipe. We also include postcards that you can send to family, friends, to encourage that connection and that engagement with your with your family and friends. Oh, cute. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we also have a booklet that's packed with educational topics. So um, this month we're going to be the upcoming box that we're working on right now. It's all about our athletes and sports. So we talked about our participation in the Olympics, in Los Juegos Panamericanos. We talk about baseball, Roberto Clemente. So we try to bring topics that are relevant for kids and Mm -hmm. proud that makes them learn something. We believe that when you, when you know more, you can feel more proud about your country. You start seeing these people that you didn't know exist and you can inspire to be them or you can feel very proud of your roots, right? And then we have three to four activities. So it can be either, you know, crafts, games, board games. Um, so just different ways. So while the kids are doing the, the game or the craft, then mm-hmm. that can talk to them about, about Puerto Rico. The box is geared for children of what ages? Three to eight, we seem to be connecting with families with kids in that range. If you're an older kid, you might be doing the activities more independently. If you're younger, then parents might be helping you a little bit more. We also have families that have kids in different ages. So three to eight seems to be the range. The million dollar question, how much is the box? Yeah, so we have different packages. So you can start with a month-to-month subscription, and that's $35 plus shipping. Um, If you do a prepaid plan for three months, that's $99. If you do six months, that's $189. So then your monthly rate goes lower. And we will be including a discount code for you for Rooted Box. So please check out the show links uh, for that. Marimer, thank you so much. Where can people connect with you? Yeah, so you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at uh, We Are Rooted Box, and also check our website, WeAreRootedBox.com, and subscribe to our uh, mailing list, and we continue um, providing free resources, exclusive offers, and new news. There you have it, WeAreRootedBox.com. Marimer, thank you so much. Stick around because we're going to do our fast round of questions. Fine. We are back with our fast round of questions. But first, let's talk a little bit about tradiciones because Puerto Rican culture is obviously very uh, deeply rooted in your heart. So, Marimer, tell us a little bit about some of your favorite Puerto Rican traditions. I mean, for sure, Three Kings Day is one of the coolest traditions. And it was always so, such a big family day. We always will go to the same uncle and aunt's house to celebrate together. So that's a big one. You know, recently we had Noche de San Juan. Um, oh, what's that? <laughs> Noche de San Juan is um, the night of the 23rd. At midnight, you get into the water for like buena suerte. June 23rd? Yeah. So it's Noche de San Juan, which is celebrating San Juan Bautista. So it's traditionally started in Spain, and there are different variations of it. But in Puerto Rico, at midnight, you jump into the water at midnight for good luck. Um, really? Yeah. 
and I wouldn't say that I would do it every year. Like I would, you know, like not always had access to like go to the beach at midnight mm-hmm. on a Tuesday, but I just felt like it was such a cool and fun and random celebration. I still do. And I, I tried to do it with Victoria. We didn't do it at midnight this year, but like we were outside in the water for sure. And she was like, what is this? Like, I love that those random things that you're they're like huh so that visual so in the beaches in in Puerto Rico on June 23rd do you see like the beaches just piled with people getting in the water is that it yeah Yeah, my husband was telling as I was explaining this to Victoria my husband was telling her that the first time he went to Puerto Rico 12 years ago I don't know how how long ago we took him to the beach and he was just so confused and again it's like the beach is packed (laughs) jumping in the water at midnight yeah, and I saw some of my friends at the pool, not at the beach, but they were like jumping in the water this year. So, yeah, I've never heard of that. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Yeah. So, so you get in the water and what? Tarresanda, he's doing a yeah. prayer. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> cleanse me, cleanse me of all this like juju negative stuff. <laughs> I don't know, there are so many like big traditions where like three kings might be one that a lot of people would say, but I miss the small ones, the ones that can get lost because you know, they're not that big anymore or they're not big in the States. So those are the ones that I don't want her to miss because I enjoy them. Let's start with your fast round of questions. Okay. What is your biggest struggle as a mom? Mm, I think there are two. One is uh, this idea of being by myself, no family around and, and being um, raising her, um, make sure that she's bicultural and, and bilingual, right? Connected to to my roots. And also probably because I don't have the help of having family around, just making sure that I make time for her and that I am joyful mm-hmm. while managing all the million things that we have to manage, that I keep that joyful mindset for her. Yeah, it's a difficult balance and it's a difficult balance, especially when you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. What is the best advice that you've ever gotten from a mom or your mom? Trust your gut feeling. Your mom got is more powerful than any website. Yes. Any website, any nurse, any doctor. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. If that mama instinct is telling you something is off, I'll go, I'll go. No encaja. It's for a reason. Follow that gut. A hundred percent. Yeah. Finish the sentence. Growing up Latina, I. I had high expectations. Oh, can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I think that there's always this uh, pressure to do well for yourself, for your family, and for others to see you as a representation of your your background. Even growing up in Puerto Rico, I, I grew up in a very small town, and I had this idea of making my town proud through my performance or my legacy. And now in the States, I still see that. So I always had that this pre- not pressure, but these high expectations to do well. Do you think that was because of where you grew up? Like if that was like more of like the town that you grew up or the city of the mentality, or was that like a family, like something that your, oh. your family has said? I think both. Definitely my family. There were high expectations in my family to do well, to be a good person and, and you know, have a, a good life. But also there was, say discrimination but there was always this connotation that coming from a small town meant something Mm -hmm. Um, 
meant maybe that you were not that prepared, meant that maybe you didn't have the same resources because you were not in the city. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. So I always felt that I was very proud of my town and my roots, and I um, didn't want people, I, I wanted to change people's perception of that small town mentality. And little I knew, I now feel that way about you know, being in the States and representing Puerto Rico and breaking any perception that people may have from. It's interesting that you felt that way in Puerto Rico, you know, like city, looking back at your town. Yeah. Now you're in the States and now the little town is Puerto Rico, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah leveling up but that's good that's good yeah what latino dish would you like to pass down to your daughter and why so similar to like the traditions it's not the big ones it's the small things right because everybody would talk about pernil tostones and you will find that everywhere but it's like the daily things that my mom would cook like arroz con salchicha that you would eat on <laughs> Tuesday. She doesn't know that. Or for him, skinny, we actually would do him with pineapple and arroz con cebolla. So I'm... Arroz con cebolla. What is arroz con cebolla? I've never heard of that. Oh, it's like French onion soup. Uh-huh. And bacon and rice and... Um, <laughs> I've never uh, heard of beef. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm going to recipe. It's delicious. So it might not be like the most Puerto Rican thing, but it's the small things that I don't want her to miss. The details. It's all in the details. Yeah. What Hispanic home remedy do you swear by? So I don't know if it's a remedy for everything, but right now I, I have a cold and I was talking to my mom yesterday and she's like, you're still sick? Like, yeah, mom, it's been three days. She's like, are you eating your soup? Like, <laughs> Because eating soup is what's going to take these colds away. So of course, it's sure soup. Cures every cold. Um, <laughs> yes, and I've been eating my soup by the way. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's like a hundred degrees out here, <laughs> and we're drinking soup. We've been drinking soup. Poor Victoria. My Victoria is like, mom again. Sopa. I'm. Uh, I can't. I can't. I'm like, tomate la sopa. Just you want to get better. Tomate la sopa. <laughs> yeah, I was, that's exactly what I was telling my mom. I'm like, mom, it's been three days of soup. I need something else. We're moving on not working. Marimer, what do you want your legacy to be? I just want people to feel proud of their of their roots and their backgrounds and their family and just want to see the next generation of Puerto Ricans and Latinos continuing that pride for who we are and showing that to the world. Thank you. Amen. Marimer, thank you so much for being on the show. Once again, where can people connect with you? wearerootedbox.com. You can DM me on Instagram, Facebook. I'm always online, so you can find me. Marimer, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Same. Thank you. What an inspirational story about courage and going after what brings you joy. Marimer reminds us that our children can see literal versions of ourselves that sometimes we don't even see. It's paying attention and listening with our hearts that allow us to take that leap of faith. In Marimer's case, her bravery and rooted box has allowed her to not just connect with her daughter and her Puerto Rican culture, but many families as well. And this is cause for great joy. I leave you with this quote by the Dalai Lama. Quote, happiness is not something ready-made. It comes from your own actions. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Latina Mom Legacy Podcast. Como siempre, mil gracias. And if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at the Latina Mom Legacy or at Mi Legacy. You can also sign up for La Lista and stay up to date with everything that's going on by simply clicking on the show notes in your podcast platform or visit thelatinamomlegacy.com and click on today's episode. You'll also find links to today's recommendations and show special. Finally, want to support this podcast? The best way to show your support is to write a review. Reviews are a way the podcast can get visibility and power other moms like you to connect, create, and carry on our Latinx heritage. Un beso, un abrazo, y hasta la próxima. Ciao, ciao. What do you want your legacy to be?